Hello, and welcome to the introductory episode of Why Wasn't It Better? I'm Patrick Darms. And I'm Anton Paras. And this is uh, our first foray into the world of podcasting. This is, um, in many ways, it's your fault, Anton. About a year ago, you casually made an offhand remark to me about we should just do a podcast together. And I kind of filed that away. And here we are. We're going to talk about movies that disappoint us. And I mean, I think that what's really nice is this is no different from any other conversation that we have. It's going to be a podcast. We're going to have fun with it. But we already talk about this all the time anyway. So we do. Let's let's why don't we record it and put it on the history books, right? We might as well. Yeah, you're right. At pretty much every other conversation we have inevitably devolves into some movie related discussion or sports but i think it's more fun to talk about movies than sports there's a lot of sport and i'm not a sports expert but i do consider myself somewhat of a movie expert i know you do too i do consider myself a movie connoisseur i think that you and i are both on the same wavelength in that movies are a fantastic medium it's a great way to just be able to uh, think about a story being told, really consume it, get yourself lost in it, just like a good book. Right. And a key difference um, that really puts us in a good segue about these key areas, the podcast structure, the criteria, and what we think are common issues in these um, in films is that there are clearly ways that make movies very unique. And in a way that we can kind of take a look and see how are how are movies structured to be in a in a position to succeed or fail, and there are always going to be ways that can get in, get in the way of artistic vision, that can get in the way of maybe a studio's vision to drive a lot of money. Um, but we'll these are the subject matter that we're going to be diving into, dear viewer, into this podcast and. Uh, I feel like that's a really good segue for us is just start talking about the podcast itself and how we're going to be going over these different movies. Yeah. As far as like telling the listeners like what this podcast actually is, you just highlighted it in a great way. It's easy to say that a movie was disappointing, right? That it should have been better. We've all come out of movies and we're like, well, why wasn't that better? That's how I got the idea to do this. Finding out the why is often trickier. And some movies, it's very obvious. Some movies, it's difficult. And when you're talking about movies that disappoint, it doesn't have to be necessarily disappointing to us. It could be disappointing to the general consensus of moviegoers. So we're trying we're trying to be semi-serious in our discussions of this, but there's right. no way to do this completely seriously because some of the stuff that we're uncovering when we talk about this is just, is just downright hilarious. Oh yeah, for for the right reasons and the wrong reasons. A hundred percent. And basically what this is going to be is just an in-depth discussion about highly anticipated movies that were expected to be good, but for one reason or another, they fell short of expectations. And the goal that we're trying to achieve is to hopefully identify and explore the specific reasons for why these movies didn't achieve 
what they wanted to achieve. And in some cases, we may end up defending these movies because we have a pretty lengthy list. Some of the movies are downright awful. Some of them are just really good. And for whatever reason, they didn't make the right amount of money or audiences didn't like it. But we're going to defend them. And we're not really going to be talking about the movie's plots. We're going to assume that the listeners have seen these movies. Right. Spoilers will be all over the place. So if you don't want a movie spoiled, don't listen to this. Like I said, we're assuming that the we're assuming that the people have seen these movies. Right. And to be fair, this is going to be for films released in theaters. We're not going to be going to a direct in any direct to DVD dollar store no. films that nobody nobody <laughs> Why wasn't expects this one us better. No, it has to be at least somewhat expected to be good. So let's talk about the structure, right? We're going to start each episode by introducing the movie and explaining why we chose it for that specific episode. We're going to explain why it was highly anticipated, why were people excited for it, if they were. And we're going to, maybe maybe it was just us that was excited for it, because let's face it, there's there's some niche movies on this list. And we're going to try to explain why it fell short of expectations. When we think about this, we think about, like, I read this somewhere online, and I can't remember where, but shout out to whoever coined this phrase, but the hype to results ratio. These movies, there's going to be a lot of hype for them, and the results, for whatever reason, just don't match the hype. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one key thing to think about here is how we measure falling short of expectations. There's different ways to look at that. Was it a was it a film that should have won a lot of Academy Awards with everything attached to it? Is it a film that should have made a lot of money? Or maybe it's a film that should have received a lot or just should have gotten more critical reception from both audiences and critics. So it's important to make sure that we're being fair when we're thinking about that. Right. Another, uh, you know, another portion of the structure and this is just because we're human reasons can be subjective right as to why as to why we feel um, certain aspects, as long as we support that with sources we can't say we just don't like it just because we don't like it. I mean, we have to make sure that we have right. some form of sources there, but they can be subjective. Oh, we're, we'll, we will at least try to defend our opinions because that's why movies are so fun to talk about, right? Because there can be there's movies that I think we're going to cover that I personally like. They're like guilty pleasure movies, but there's no way I can defend them subjectively. Like the movie Rising Sun with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. It's a pretty bad movie. I don't know why I like it. Right. And let's not pretend like let's not try to pretend that we're going to go through this like without a biased lens. Like we're we oh, enjoy we're- movies. We right. enjoy like films. We enjoy media like there are aspects about films that we love. So there's going to be going into into certain aspects like that will shine. But just wanted to make that clear. Uh this is from our perspective. Right. For sure. Yeah. I think in some cases, our take on it is probably we, we, you and I may disagree on certain movies, but our take, I think typically we seem to agree on a lot, but we may end up going against the general consensus. One of the very first movies I think we're going to be talking about, I don't want to spoil that, but I know when I mentioned it to you, I was like, I was like, I don't understand why people like this movie. I can't wait to talk about it. There's other ones where we're probably going to agree with a lot of, um, a lot of the, I'd say general population of moviegoers. So once we, we've, so we've established the structure, what is, what are some of the criteria 
that actually like we're using to choose these movies? Yeah, the great, great question, Patrick. So, <laughs> of course, going into this, we talked a little bit earlier about what can we think of as like fair reasons? What do we think of as the how do we really grade these films and for all of our reasonings for why wasn't it better? Well, it's important that we kind of think about things like the anticipation of when the film was released. They often will say that uh, when films are come when films are coming out, especially with predecessors that had right. great critical reception, um, that there's going to be, of course, high expectations, and which is always going to be that potential for greatness. So, if it was expected to be good, that's going to be uh, part of that criteria as well. Definitely. Can I give yeah. you an example of a movie that wouldn't qualify versus one that would? Shoot. The Lost World Jurassic Park, the, the second of the Jurassic Park movies. That was, at the time, 1997, one of the most highly anticipated movies ever. The hype for that was huge, considering how big the first movie was. And that was like universally in the moment. Everybody saw it and we're like, well, that wasn't nearly as good as the first one. So we're definitely going to be doing that movie. Fast forward almost 20 years to Jurassic World. Now that movie made a ton of money at the box office, but it kind of exceeded expectations. Nobody really expected that movie to be good. It was predicted that it would bomb and it ended up, it ended up being one of the, I think it's still one of the 10 biggest movies ever, if I'm not mistaken, but that movie won't qualify for this podcast. It has to be, just like you said, a certain level of expectation. And then next, we think about uh, pedigree. What is something about the cast, the crew, the director, who is has their names attached to the film that make people say, I want to go see this. This should be good. Right. Um, the Spielbergs, you, the yeah. Camerons, the David Finchers, the... The uh, Nicholsons. I guess at one point Tim Burton. I don't know if that he still is, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but particularly the cast too. And then we always have to look at important aspects of that cast and crew. Is it fair to say that we'll we'll be looking when we look at those cast uh, when we look at that cast? It's going to be within the context of the time of release, even though Ice right. uh, Ice Cube is timeless, of course, but. Uh, we, there's always going to be certain films with maybe like a celebrity guest appearance that was a celebrity at the time. So that's uh, we're always going to make sure, right, that we're looking at the context of that film when being when uh, providing our criticism. Yeah, I think as well, too. And this is something when, when we were compiling the list, we noticed there was a, the difference between some of the movies. Were they seen as a disappointment at the time or subsequently? Did their reputation grow over time or shrink over time? Is it a movie that that was seen as great at the time, but is like retroactively seen as disappointing? This is all stuff we're going to talk about. And the quality doesn't matter, right? These can be good movies. They can be bad movies. We're going to do a lot of sequels like you hinted at earlier. and But there's plenty of non-sequels as well. And let's not forget a very important aspect. I touched on it earlier, the crash site. Or uh, areas like, what was it a box office bomb, critical bomb? Right. Uh, do the fans do the fans hate it? Was it all of the above, or maybe just certain aspects? And we can always analyze and look and see what really drove that. Yeah, like a good a good example of that is um, Tron Legacy, like the the 
the second of the two Tron movies. Fantastic film. It made plenty of money. I love that movie. And we're definitely definitely going to be talking about that one on one of the episodes. I really like that movie. Tron fans really liked that movie. Like Tron had a big cult following. And it seems like the Tron fan base really liked that movie. But it didn't make nearly as much money as Disney wanted it to. And that's why there was never a third movie. Although I'm hearing rumors there may be another one, but nothing's confirmed. But that's a good example of what you just touched on. Yeah, definitely. And it's important, too, just to think about like the time span of the films that we're going to be looking at. Um, older movies are going to be harder to rate just because of that concept of that yeah. modern blockbuster, those, that, those franchises really didn't develop until the 80s. So it's, it's important for us to make sure that we're looking at that aspect of what kind of films within the context of history um, really are defined as should be big. It's a really good point. There's our list of movies. There's a there's a handful from the 60s. Almost an overwhelming majority of the movies we compiled are from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s and the 2010s. You go back to the 60s. To your point, there wasn't other than there were definitely sequels, but other than something like James Bond, I was having trouble finding like real like movies that there was like just a lot of hype for. Well, and I'm hoping we can add older movies to the list because I, I think, in some way, the older the movie, the more interesting it is to like research it and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, let's it's really tough. Yeah, and let's really think about it too. Like in this modern age, what are Academy shows or what are the what does the critical reception help do? But really, just drive more marketing buzz for the film. When we think of the Academy Award in itself as an award. It almost seems very arbitrary nowadays, more than just something to attach to a film to really drive more consumption from the, from you know, I agree from people. Versus back in the day, maybe like the sixties, fifties, forties, it's like it's a huge honor to to receive an Academy Award, to receive any award, because it's not about people tweeting about who should win Best Actor. It was really about the art itself, right? Right. Yeah. It's it definitely seemed more meaningful in the past. I know the like the Oscar nominations just came out the other day, and I like glanced at them, and I had seen you know I'd seen a handful of them, but it definitely seems like the hype for it isn't what it used to be. I could be wrong. I'm sure there's plenty of people that still care about the Oscars like that, but I think you're right. It used to just mean something more than it does now. Right. The bottom line: these movies. Sorry, go ahead. I say we can always talk about that in a future episode. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, the bottom line with these movies, they should be great on paper. There should be a significant level of hype for them, and it just turns out to be kind of what I call like a fizzle. And now we'll talk about what are some of the common issues that we think is going to like pop up recurring recurring themes here, like maybe potential reasons why weren't these movies better. And I think it's a lot of times it's going to come down to the script. No way. Bad writing? Bad writing. It's all about that script. If it's bad on paper... It's probably going to be bad on the screen. Anytime you hear interviews with actors or directors, script, script, script. They always mention the script. Right. If uh, if it doesn't look good on paper, how is it going to look good on camera, right? Right. Or how many times does it get rewritten? And this, this can feed into it. Exactly. You know, there's I found researching some of these first few movies that we're going to talk about, the name that you see credited 
on the movie of whoever wrote the movie, it's often not the only person that worked on it. There's a lot of rules that go into the the writers guild of who gets credit. They have to to get credit, you have to contribute a certain percentage and that can get really tricky. And that often feeds into just the production history of these movies. Was it troubled? Did it go smoothly? Were there just too many things undermining it? Was it rushed? Did they not take their time? Did the studio interfere too much and try to make studio, you know, political decisions? All of these could be reasons, right? Yeah, 100%. And that really touches on that troubled production history as well. Yeah. What was going on along that timeline that maybe really was undermining that production history? Um, was it getting rushed to go out into um, theaters? Did the studio interfere too much? We all know about big studios having different kinds of incentives and the vision of what a director may have. So let's really think about that as well when we're thinking about those common issues. This next one I really think is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, when studios try to ca- recapture that lightning in a bottle, or as I like to call it, Indiana Jones getting put in a refrigerator um, to avoid a <laughs> nuclear bomb. Yes. That's, uh, <laughs> yes. You see that with a lot when it's always, um, it's usually a red flag for me when they take too long to make a sequel. Tron Legacy is the exception there for sure. You see this a lot. I think about the Star Wars prequels. They were trying to recreate something with the original trilogy and spoiler, they <laughs> they didn't succeed. Nope, they did not. And this, this, this often is um, the self-awareness of it. Like when they make, so my, my, uh, my favorite movie series is, is James Bond, far and away. I love James Bond movies. The newer ones I like less than a lot of the older ones. I still watch them. And that's no, nothing against Daniel Craig. I really like Daniel Craig. The movies he's in I think are uneven. We're going to be talking about a few of them. Mm-hmm. When they make a Bond movie now, they're trying to make a Bond movie, capital B, capital M, meaning there's just boxes they have to check. We have to have this. We have to have that. We have to have the girl. We have to have the car. We have to have the exotic locations. I think in some, time, some ways that works well. And in some ways, it can work against the movie as well. The biggest sin that any of these, not just Bond movies, but I think these movies in general, because we're just going to be talking about a lot of blockbusters, Mm -hmm. I just don't want them to be boring. I'm willing to forgive silly. I'm willing to forgive forgive over the top. I just don't want to be bored. That's like, for me, that's the cardinal sin. If it's an action movie, if if it's stupid, I can deal with stupid. I can't deal with boring. Right. And... There's going to be ways that we look at and measure that boringness. Uh, right, it's subjective but, for sure. Right, definitely subjective, but totally, it's uh, it's it's horrifying to think that people could go into a film and just feel like they'd want to go do something else, and the film's just really not doing its job. Yeah, like the last Bond movie, I really like some things about it. Did you happen to see it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I, we actually haven't talked about it, but like I, there's some stuff I really liked in it, but like, why was it three hours? Because it was a send off. It sure was. (laughs) It was a send off. (laughs) The passion about these movies is, is a big deal too. Like are the people that making it, are they invested in it? Do they actually care about telling the story or are they just like a last minute replacement for somebody else? Now I don't want to insinuate that these filmmakers and these actors don't care about their jobs because they do, but I think in some cases there's examples where there's evidence that would indicate that they're not as interested in the story that they're telling creatively as maybe they could have been. Yeah, and there's different 
behind the scenes, whether that's maybe on set, difficulty to work with, clearly just there for the money, uh, just placed there uh, to replace a a different actor. Uh, And this is a good segue into just the acting in general. What about that performance, right? Do we feel like maybe a bad performance uh, is going to be a key driver in some of these films? Definitely. Right. It it takes... yeah, we 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 know that a key can character, ruin a movie. Uh, yeah, a key a key character with a horrible actor. How do you lose yourself, or how do you even believe in that character if you can't just see um, bad acting? And it could even be decent acting, where but the actor is just miscast. It's just not the right role for them. It takes a really skilled director to handle that. And I think to go back to the 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 first issue that we mentioned, the script. There's plenty of movies that have bad scripts that end up okay. It just takes a really confident, really talented director to overcome that. Right. And then there are certain aspects that are out of the that are out of the hands of the filmmakers, which is the historical context of yeah. what else was being released at the time. You know, we we've talked about some of these movies are going to be really good and Sure, it was really good, but what else was coming out at that same time? Were there three other movies that were also driving that driving those box office numbers smaller than they could have been? We mentioned Tron. There was another movie that came out that year, John Carpenter's The Thing. By all accounts, a classic now. Like a just a it's it's classic. Classic movie. It got annihilated at the box office because I think it came out the same weekend as E. T. It just it had no chance. E. T. just right. Everybody went to see E.T. and tr- I mean, the thing just bombed. And if you look, and I don't think it, I don't think it got great reviews. But that's a perfect example of it was seen as just a disaster at the time, and its reputation has skyrocketed in the in the four decades since. And can we look back at films then in history and just say was that film misunderstood? Did people not really just understand it within the context of that time? And Definitely. then maybe late, later in the years, people look back and say, you know what? It was actually a good film. Definitely. there's. I think there's certainly movies that could qualify where it, depending on who makes it or when it comes out. Because I'm thinking about a movie, the, the Spielberg movie, AI, Artificial Intelligence, came out the summer of 2001. It came out during you know, the period of time. I think it came out in June or July. And that's when all the big blockbuster action movies come out. That movie is anything but a blockbuster. It is a... Oh, yeah. It's essentially a Stanley Kubrick movie that Spielberg took over. And I don't want to call it like an art house movie because that's not really what it is. But it is. it should not have been released at the height of like the summer blockbuster season. It should. It's something that should have come out later in the year, November, December award season. Right. I think a lot it, of people it, it, went to see that and they were expecting, they were expecting something very different than what it was. It, it was sci-fi, but a thoughtful piece Yeah, that, that needed a bit more brain activity than maybe what people were expecting. I'm um, definitely going into the film. And then this, this, this last reason, this is one of my favorite ones. Can a movie be good as a movie, but not as a sequel? I say yes. Some people would say no, but I think there's plenty of examples on our list that qualify for this. Where I like I like the movie objectively as a movie, but as a sequel, I don't care for it at all. Right, no, definitely. Uh, 
let, let, let's name a few. Born Ultimatum. Yeah, people love that movie. I, I, we might catch flack for that one because that movie won three Oscars. It made a lot of money. A lot of people consider it the best of the Born series, and I personally think it's one of the best action movies of the decade. I just think it's a completely unnecessary sequel. It doesn't move the story forward at all. Right. Dark Knight Rises is the other one. Another one that we're going to catch a lot of flack for. <laughs> we might. We might. I actually do think a lot of people may agree with our take on it, which is great action movie. I don't know about a Batman sequel. I think people have maybe gone back and said, you know, Bane was a bit better of a villain than we thought. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's that's basically what the podcast is going to be. Yeah, and, and we're going to have some fun with it, right? We're going to have some fun. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. What's the first movie we're covering? Uh, we're going to be journeying to, well, not planet Earth, but the planet of the apes. Planet of the Apes. Which planet of the apes? There's a bunch the, uh, of planet two, of the apes. The uh, 2001 Tim Burton production. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, this is this was your choice. I think it's a great one for our the first movie that we're discussing. All right. And well, that's uh... going to be uh that's going to be covered in the uh technically the second episode. Well, let's have some fun and talk about these damn dirty apes. <laughs> Sounds good. We will see you in the next episode. All right. Take care, viewers.